Hey, we're back so for mine. another episode of Ask Mom and Dad, and I'm going to turn around and look at all my meters because I got no idea if anything's working or not. But we're going to just assume that it is because I can hear things, and that's what's going to go for us for now. Anyway, we're back. Um, Tanya, how are you doing? I'm here. Getting ready to go to. <laughs> this is the part where we. Tomorrow, it's whatever. Is <laughs> tomorrow what? I said I. Not that I have to get thinking about going to work tomorrow. So that's oh, always that's what right. I gear up for this e- in the evening, which is when we're doing this for some reason. Uh, we do this mm-hmm. now because currently uh, we've got it in the schedule. Actually, technically, my calendar says. Um, Jared to record this broadcast with us every Tuesday night still. So I get reminded every single week, uh, one Aww. hour before we sit down and do don't this. Have Jared anymore. No, we're supposed to do it. We don't have Jared anymore. So, you know, here we are trying to figure it out on our own one day at a time. <laughs> and in this case, trying to get everything to work the way it's supposed to work. And so <clears throat> I'm trying to do all these things at once. But, 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 but for fun, I've added some, some, uh, new tricks in the game that are kind of fun. So, you know, just in case you see something crazy, I can push this button. Meep, meep. Makes no noise whatsoever. At least if I had my headphones turned down too much, it should have made a Roadrunner sound. But, you know, I have to figure it out how... Oh, if I hear nothing, then that's just what it is. But, you know, you get the idea. I'm learning. I'm figuring some of this stuff out. But in the whole of it all, we're trying to figure out some things and talk about some things and make it so that I can somehow figure out how to both listen to you and pay attention to other things at the same time. So my encouragement to you today is that if for some reason I say something like it's a fresh idea that you just finished saying, just know there's another audience out there that's listening to you because I was trying to do something technical and not intentionally, you know, like life normally between us. How do I love my partner when I don't think he cares to listen to me is (laughs) not the topic I want to cover today, but might not be a bad one. We're actually coming to you um, not live, but I'm learning and trying to figure out how to do some live streaming. So maybe eventually we can do a, I mean, I'm streaming live to a very private place that nobody knows about except for me, just to see if it works. Because eventually it'd kind of be cool if we could do that and we could actually build our, once our fan base grows to such magnormous, is magnormous a word? It should be. Um, magnormous sizes, I think it would be super cool if we could, um, you know, take live questions and do something like that where people were like, listen, you just said this, so I wanted to ask you a question and, and I'm yeah. typing with my fingers. <laughs> um, and that would be kind of cool to get to that point. Um, but anyway, we're not there yet. We're still trying to figure it out. And now we're back to this single person configuration because we no longer have an engineer to help us out from a distance or even locally. And so we're doing it. <coughs> Bless you. Excuse me. Um, so we talked about a lot of different things, and I don't know where we want to go with today because we didn't settle on it. We've got like four or five different topics. I had mentioned um, the possibility of doing a movie review or something. And so if there's anybody out there that would like us to review a movie and wants to tell us what we should watch, <laughs> then, you know, number one, you're probably already our child because they've done that to us for our entire lives. Or number two... Um, well, you know, hey, actually, I do think we should talk about a movie review a little bit today, but I want to talk about something specific, and that's The Chosen. Um, we just finished season two of The Chosen. Which isn't a movie. Which, <laughs> oh, there is a movie really. called The Chosen, those isn't are, there? Well, no, I mean, those are, these are episodes of a series more, more so than they're a movie, right? Is that what you're talking about? The yeah, I'm, I'm talking about the, you know, we, we had initially. Chosen through the app that you have to get, but it's free and. Lots of people are funding it for you. That's the chosen you're referring to right now. I am. 
I am. I am actually referring to that particular chosen. The one that's the story about Jesus, but not about Jesus. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and I think that's the weird thing about it is it is it's the the way that the, at the at the risk of spoilers for anyone. First off, I just want to tell you my um, what's your initial. Um, so let's do that. Let's say, should I take on the chosen and. Because it's not a, should I watch The Chosen? We've had some pushback even with our own family about it because it's not, um, you know, word for word the Bible. We grew up having our kids watch the, like the Matthew videos and, and then others. And they were just the Bible word for word acted out with joyful Jesus. Um, and because we liked the Jesus that portrayed Jesus. He was a happy guy and he made, he made it feel like, um, wow, this is amazing. And, and then um, what were other biblically based curricula that we used when we were trying to raise our kids. I think well, there were SpongeBob wasn't one of them, I don't think. What are you talking I, about? <laughs> uh, just for the record, I think I'm funny. You don't have to think I'm funny. Go ahead. Well, I mean, I'm not sure what you're getting at because we did do stuff like Adventures on Odyssey and stuff like that, but I thought you were talking about specifically portrayals of Jesus. So we would have had I was. the gospel. There were several that had just put out straight gospel versions that, like you just said, they were only um, scripture. So they were portraying um, on a screen or on in visual representation what could have been acted out with just the words that we have in our current scripture text. So this, you're saying, some of our pushback from our kids have been, this is not, this is veering off a little bit. And it's veered off the second season a lot more than it did in the first season. With having normal conversations Jesus would have had with his disciples or, say, with John the Baptist or something like that, which I don't believe at all so far has taken away from anything Jesus did or who he was. But I think they were meant to build up an understanding of what the disciples would have encountered and their perspectives on it. So, like you're saying, it's not really about the words that Jesus spoke. It's about the effect that his life had on his followers and the people that encountered him. That's what I feel like we've perceived from this this uh, portrayal now there's lots of other ones in historical whatever like the um there's the musical jesus christ superstar which i i don't even think i ever saw completely did you i think i i think i ultimately wound up seeing all of jesus christ superstar i don't remember it i mean the music jesus christ it was all that it's uh, can i i'm, but those I'm kind, thinking about this and uh, i'm just saying those were all kind of portrayals but they weren't really supposed to be scriptural and to some degree took their own license to go off another direction right i don't feel like this particular one is trying to do that i think it's trying to get what the followers would have been so what were you going to say no i i think that as maybe it would be helpful because i want to talk about this for a second more is is to categorize this kind of like you would a Bible translations. There's there's and so now for a quick understanding of a Bible translation and then what this actually is and, and what you just alluded to or pretty much directly said with Jesus Christ Superstar. And that's first off, you know, if you're looking at a at a Bible story or Bible translation, you would look at um a, a, a literal translation, um, which is going to do everything it can to have word for word as close to the original languages as possible, and everything that's going to happen there. So you know it, they're going to try and make every well, some are word for word, some are idea to idea, right? Word right. for word, and then there's a transliteration, which is idea to idea, um, and and um, so a translation, oh. yeah, idea to idea. I thought there were 
couple different ways to translate the Hebrew into English. I, I'm confused by. Okay, because okay, so I've yeah, I guess I've I think, just misunderstood that. I think that's a, so. Translation is word for word. Transliteration. I, I literally lost the third one again. I'm paraphrase. There's translation, transliteration, and paraphrase. Translation is word for word. Transliteration is idea to idea, and paraphrase is concept to concept. I think that's the easiest way to put that. So, like the message is a paraphrase. Uh, the New Living Translation is the New the Living Bible was a was a um, transliteration. They they did a new one called the New the Living New Living Bible, which no the, living, the older Living was a paraphrase. Yeah. So yeah. this newer New Living. Was trying to be a which one translation or a translation? The newest one is a translation. It's trying to go for a, a lyric. So, uh, what is the New American Standard then? New American Standard is, is a translation. It's it's a it's, it's word trying, for it's, word. It's trying to be word for word. Okay, it's not what word about for revised? word. It's not word for word. That's going to be translation as well. That's what I'm well. trying to say. I it's think not word for word in the sense that the words are in the right order. It's trying to be as close to the word for word as possible. That's why some of them read kind of stiff. Well, that's what I'm trying to say. I thought there was a, even a difference in the way they understood they translated as as far as like a sentence by sentence versus absolute word you know i thought that's what i understood about the different there's a few different slants on that niv was a completely different uh angle on one of those i don't remember which one that's what i i guess i didn't do my research to find that out well that's okay and that's why that's part of the reason i I wanted to bring this up because i think um if you take the look at the the one which is it's it's attempt is it's still going to be obviously out of order because it's not going to be word for word because if it's word for word word for words left to right it's backwards it's upside down they don't use some of the same words we do so it's still capturing the idea but the idea is close to the original text without right they went moving away and then a trans to the original text yes yeah. and well transliteration does the same thing it's just more it's going to it loosens up the rules or restrictions a little bit in order that you can be more idea to idea is that new in- international version then new international version is still a translation so what is an example of a transliteration because i don't the original understand. living bible would be a transliteration it's not a paraphrase a paraphrase would be the message and I, I i'm familiar with the message as paraphrase but so the only one out there that's a transliteration is the living, because what I understood was each of the different there are others, actual I'm translations not are done a little bit different. Yeah, I, there are I, others that well, the New Living translation. The way I know the 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 new the Living Bible came back and didn't want to be just a transliteration, so they created a New Living translation, yeah. so that they would have a Bible that was recommended, which reads a little bit better. The the uh, the Phillips trans. Is a tra- I guess what uh, I'm is a paraphrase. The Phillips Bible is yeah. a paraphrase, and those kinds of, and the message right. is a paraphrase. There's, there's some that are unheard. So of the still. only one you can think of that's actually a transliteration was the original Living Bible. The, I can think of off the top of my mind. There's a list. I've got a list somewhere. I mean, I can, I can, and, and actually, some people have taken the trouble to take a graph like from A well, to B and, that's and just what go I was saying. and say. So there was something different about the older versions, like the, um, like the New American Standard or or King James or something version versus the new international version and some i know has to do with english actual just english translations english wording right but there was what's the difference in those translations i i don't know i I mean for me to be able to tell you exactly i was told what i'm trying to say is i was told you know word literal say the word um the hebrew word for table and it comes over here and they put the hebrew word for table but in in iv or one of them uh the hebrew 
might have said under the table and over here they tried to gather that as a so they would have said below the table or something you know what i'm saying i thought i understood that it was a like it was, there's incidences of phrase by phrase as well as sentence by sentence that makes it so that it's still a translation but it's differently understood or differently communicated am i wrong about that you're not wrong about that i, I you're you're if we let me let me just do this without breaking it down for the purpose of the discussion I want to have. Okay, yeah, I and so, didn't even know why you were getting that. That's, so I guess I'm going somewhere with this. So hang on. That. So okay. what I what I want us to look at is is to understand when you're reading something or for that matter watching something that is in front of you, knowing what it's trying to accomplish gives you a criteria for which to best evaluate it. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. That so there's a translation. Versus to a paraphrase. Let's say those are different ends of a spectrum. Yeah. Okay. One is, and if, and there's, I've seen them done this way, the New Living Translation, and they'll put them on the spectrum and they'll have translation, transliteration, paraphrase, wild stories. Um, and they'll just put them on the line. And like the New American Standard is really, really close to translation. And, um, and message is going to be way on the paraphrase. And everyone else is going to fall kind of in the middle there. Um, and that's going to depend on the person that's doing it. Now, when I say wild stories, I wasn't half hitting it because there's also uh, another category that's just as as helpful sometimes, but isn't always um, considered as such, and that's fiction. Um, whenever a pastor stands up or a person stands up and they take a look at the scripture, they um, or I will take the passage and they'll look at it in its context and they'll look at it. Um, and whenever someone exposits on the story, in other words, there, we're making reasonable assumptions based upon what we know to be true about the story. In other words, if I'm telling you about Jesus on the Sermon on the Mount, and I'm assuming I know that he, we don't know exactly where that took place. There's guesswork based upon what the, the, the story, what we know from the facts of the history of it. And I guess this is also considered this with a biography. You know, we know where some battlefields are and some things like that, but we don't know who was where on it necessarily or how they fell. We have some ideas from letters and stuff. We can surmise a story about something based upon the evidence we have. One of the reasons the Bible is so reliable is because it's given us such good facts about the story it's trying to tell, who Jesus is. Um, but when I tell a story and I paint a picture and I say, Peter was doing this and, and I'm, I'm telling the story to give it a sense of, a sense of reality to the audience I'm telling the story to. It's not necessarily exactly what Peter did. I don't know what Peter was thinking. I just know Peter said this because the text tells me that. So I'm telling a story. It's it's a reasonable fiction. Does that make sense? Kinda? Okay. Well, hang in there with yes. me for a minute and try okay. not to look terribly confused. So Well, reasonable when, assumption. Right. I, a reasonable fiction, assumption. I, I use the word fiction, fiction because it's not... Fiction not means true. it's not... I guess, okay. So it's a reasonable assumption. Um, but... But the reason I use the word fiction is because uh, when you look at a film and it says based upon a true story, you you should know going in that everything you see in that story is someone's creative license as a word that's used or storytelling around it to tell the story the way they think it best serves the audience, right? It may not actually be what really happened. It just may be a better ending or something like that. So, you know, that's what Hollywood oftentimes does with, with movies and things like that. When you're looking at something like the Matthew videos. Well, okay, so what they would say is, but the crux of the story, the main principles of the story or what the um, 
maybe what the uh, main characters did uh, and whatever is trying to be as true to where they got the story from in the first place, right? So they're embellishing maybe. They're also maybe framing it, like you said, for a, a viewer or a listener to get a better handle on it maybe. So they would definitely... But they're trying to use a baseline that's true, right? Maybe. Yeah, that, I think... I think, And again, it depends on the author. You know, Quentin Tarantino's not going to give you any facts. He may tell you a story about John Wayne. I don't know why those names came to, together in the same sentence, but, but it's not going to be anything like John Wayne. It's going to be sensationalized and crazy. He tells a story about Nazi, you know, Nazi hunters, and it's not even remotely... It's entertaining, but it's not... The only thing that's true about it is there were people that hunted Hitler and Nazis. That's the only thing that's true about it. Everything else is just a fantasy. Um, but when you look at, uh, this is where I show my movie at lack of adeptness. There's other directors out there or, or writers out there who want to tell a story and be as faithful to the story as they possibly can. They'll take some creative license, but ultimately at the end of the day, they want you to say like, this is who that person was. Like that 13 um, hours. Was it 13 hours? That would have called that we just watched with, um, John Krasinski and a couple other, they, it was definitely a, a true story and they took an, a better angle than some stories out there because they wanted to tell from the men involved mm -hmm. a lot more mm -hmm. of their perspective but still to tell the story well they likely put some edgings on it so that it made a good movie in that sense they did but i, I actually think that's a really good example that you're using because i think from what i could tell from the um from the, the men who were telling the story yeah. and interviewing after it, that's the story as best they remember it and it's based upon their own accountings mm -hmm. so you're, like you said it's from their perspective so and while there's still going to be some licensing and some grace, but each one of those men commented that they felt like they were there again when they watched the movie oh, being it retold. It really so, so that's a good example of, of, a, of a translation in movie. Does that make sense? Hmm. So that's where I'm getting at. If I'm taking uh, an ancient text and talking about the difference between translation and storytelling versus uh, transliteration or paraphrase and storytelling or just a fiction, I'm saying that, you know, there's there's that that example of true to form trying to tell the story exactly as it was experienced. That was a really super example of that, and there's plenty of other ones. Um, another an, another good example would be uh, what was the recent hit uh, World War One guy running through the trenches. I can't think of the name of it right now. Yeah, seventeen. Another another number movie. Nineteen seventeen. Um, Nineteen seventeen. Like yeah, um, that is a good example of a um, transliteration coming over because. It's a story that was told to the director by a family member that was fascinating, and he re, re, he researched it a little bit and understood. But he created that story from his memory and from the, from that. But it's still very very creatively told. Um, it's you know how how exact a form. It's further from a reliable source. Again, yeah, probably you, got the gist. Thirteen of the hours. Story, you've got but... the men who were involved, able to tell the story and make sure that everything you say is accurate. Mm -hmm. This one is a story told from someone handed down one generation, and he thinks it's a super story, and he wants to tell it to to the people that matter in his life. Yeah, I think he said it was from his grandfather. His grandfather, I believe. So told the story of, about a friend thing. of his. Yeah, and so you and so you get the and that's Academy Award stuff. It's almost like wow, mm -hmm. you know, if it's if it's too much of a true story, probably not Academy Award. But if it's well creatively told and what creatively shot, anyway, I don't know. So what I what I want to talk about with Chosen is Chosen is not well. Okay, first, um, when the you, New Testament when you consider something like the Gospels of Matthew mm -hmm. that we had our kids watch when they were here. We got them. We got excited. Our kids grew up watching them. It was word for word, the Gospel. And the actors were reacting yeah. to the text, faithful to the text. There was transliteration in the way they said it. 
in the way they interpret it because there's facial actions and mm-hmm. the, the, way that say the, way that, the way that it's being acted was peter Couple. excited was peter you know was jesus at one point jesus used the illustration when he's talking about the log in your eye versus the um uh, splinter in your and he actually holds up a huge log or whatever who knows if he mm. actually did that but it was a good right 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 he illustrated it by being big who knows we mm-hmm. don't know that but it made it it made it engaging and it drew us into the story um that's that's word for word that's as transliteration as as i think um transliteration translation as i think um movie te- movie storytelling can get um well, one that's with some not of those so much pieces being transliterations, right? Because they're not written in there that Jesus held up a log and showed the crowd. Instead, he just did that for visual effects. So that part of it would be transliteration, right? Something that right, 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 we could right, right. read into as being, since he was a good teacher, he would have used, uh, probably used objects as, um, you know, in other words, that's something they can surmise fairly easily that could have been an object lesson. Anyway. No, I, that's right. you're dead on that, and, and so another example that comes to mind of what would be more of a transliteration would be um, the Bible, the old George C. Scott Moses and um, parting the sea and telling Ten the, Commandments. Ten Commandments. That's what it was. Um, every the Bible's the one that was on um, uh, not too long ago. It wasn't NPR, but what was it? It was on like a. Oh cable. yeah, Remember yeah, that yeah. was, was not... a miniseries. It was actually done pretty well. Oh, okay. I, it was I, trying I, to follow the Old Testament stories pretty quickly, but it went. Remember, everybody was kind of enamored by it. It was it was a pretty done, pretty well done. Same thing though. It wasn't like they were quoting exact or staying exactly true to the Old Testament specifically. They're taking this is what Moses said. And he didn't say anything else, right. or this is exactly what happened. Whatever. Yeah. Because in order to tell a story, they're gonna put some of the well, some of the context pieces actually that you wouldn't necessarily read there, but you would know because of the time and the um yeah there's a, there's enough evidence to give them some idea of how to frame it and and when we and when we stop to think about so there's a translation we've got a translation idea we got a transliteration idea and then we can go to a paraphrase idea which is um children's stories i mean just simplest one comes to mind is any type of children's bible story that's just telling the story and they cartoonize mm. it they're just they're very loosely told and the concept is there you know we want to treat, treat. veggie tales never told a mm-hmm. single um, bible story without turning it into something weird <laughs> and vegetable like <laughs> but still the concepts and the character points were there right and that and that in and of itself was was pretty amazing um so let's get now to what this is and what this is what the what what, what the chosen is the chosen is a um a biblical a biblical fiction around a true story. Okay, so it would be all the way to fiction because I would call it transliteration, only in the sense that that he they do use scripture and scriptural specific stories, but they're adding in and embellishing around it. So maybe more of a paraphrase. Then I don't know. Well, this is this is what I'm getting at when I say it's a biblical fiction because most of the story is not necessarily unreasonable assumption, but even in this season two, as we've gotten through it, I've kind of gone, I've done a little bit more of, I've I've had some moments that are like, oh, that makes sense. And I've had some moments that are going, that's okay, that'll work, you know? And I've not really had a moment yet where I'm going, ah, it's a stretch. I mean, mm-hmm. I've had a moment where I've started to go, that's a stretch. And then by the end of the story, I'm going, oh, okay, I see why they did that. So I have to, re- I have to recant or repent <laughs> of my, that's a stretch attitude. You know what I'm saying? Well, again, I don't, 
think that I remember any, including really any of the stories we tell, given from the angle of the disciple, other than a few of the Bible stories, if we happen to, like, if you happen to preach about Peter, you're going to probably talk about his fear when he got out of the boat and was walking on the water and Jesus talking to him. But we're not going to concentrate on Peter. We're going to concentrate on what Jesus did, the interaction between Peter and him. We're not even going to really focus on, occasionally we talk about the storm and how it affects us and the things we might relate to Peter and the way he related. So that comes closer to me to what they're trying to do in this portrayal of the New Testament stories, right? They're trying to, trying to, from my understanding and from my perspective on what I've seen of it, they're trying to put it in a context that we can understand that joins it with early Judaism and, and living in that Middle Eastern spot that they would have been at. So there's a lot of different cultural things they're trying to bring in that we wouldn't have think we wouldn't think of as well at kind of the, the Roman interactions some some things like that and some just of living in that plain, um, you know, the desert, some some things like that. But then at the same time, trying to bring modern reactions and understandings of the interactions between the, the disciples, the, the followers, as well as who might have watched that, who might have observed that, who they might have touched that aren't necessarily listed in Scripture, but definitely would have been um, possibilities, like you said. So I think it's a completely different story than really ever been told. I think that's kind of fascinating to me. I'm I'm impressed by that because they're focusing on those followers. Yeah, exactly. Now the reason I call it a fiction though is they're making assumptions. Like I said, they're telling us like if I'm telling a story about Peter and his mood on the day that Jesus later on tells him that he's acting like the devil <laughs> rather than getting it right. Peter's mood's bad. And then all of a sudden he answers correctly. So like my mood's up. Yes. And then Jesus says something and he's like, no. And then that's wrong. You're the devil. Peter's mood does this. I, anything that I'm doing there is, is reasonable, but not the scripture doesn't not actually say it. Yeah. So oftentimes now as a, from a preacher standpoint, so oftentimes we need to be aware of when teaching people that the stories that we're telling aren't scripture and help people understand that that they're we're trying to alliterate or expand on the concept of but not replace or say this is what the bible says you know in in the sense that um we want to get the point across um but not as but i'm not telling you scripture because there's times you go back and you look as a pastor mm-hmm. or as a writer even and you go why did i say that 20 years ago i didn't know anything you know <laughs> and but that's okay. God fortunately redeems and works through all of us that's and takes exactly care of us. Right. So the reason I call this a fiction is because it's almost like, I don't know how to put, paint the picture. It's almost like, um, here's the story. Here's the Bible, like over here. And the authors are trying to tell all this yeah. out here. Yeah, Does that that's make sense? exactly what I'm it's saying. It's like there's Jesus the Pimper. Because even the way, you know, you're expecting this moment to happen in Scripture and they spend the whole time telling you about the moment that's coming up. And then all of a sudden the moment comes up and that's the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. And that's that's pretty good. I did all that without spoiling anything. Yeah, um, you did pretty good. Well, I think for that exact reason. I think they're not trying to bring... It's almost right the opposite. We were, we were referring to the Matthew videos and the John, I think, Gospels that have put these exact um, scriptural portrayals. This is almost trying to do right the opposite. Without using much scripture, they want to tell everything that was going on around, like you just said, all the atmosphere, all the culture, a lot of what we we don't think of when we read these passages, so that when we read them, 
we can consider, oh, I wouldn't have thought of that being the context of that, you know, whatever passage. Or is it possible that this would have been a struggle that's underneath that we wouldn't have th thought about? So I, I think that's valuable. I agree with you that it's, I'm glad they haven't really, I don't feel like they've crossed any lines that would be, ant, you know, anti-scriptural or right. against scripture. They've just tried to fill in things that we had never thought about before, or to me, thoughts thoughts about how the interaction with the followers would have would have been true to form if we were to put some of the just human humanity into these, which is is true. We don't read the scriptures thinking of their human sides. We think of you know the somewhat the. Um, heroes that we have in our minds i even think i i think it's pretty neat and i don't think i'll spoil anything by saying this but the way they are dealing with mary magdalene and her extreme response to jesus in the bible he said um about her he said he who has been forgiven much loves much so there's a lot of emotion you see in her face and in her her um attaching herself to the followers of jesus you know and then, then you know that she struggles inwardly with a lot of that back backstory that we know is scriptural. We see it there, but you don't think about it coming up and strugg her struggling with it. But that's real life. We yeah. all struggle with yeah. our past. We struggle with Jesus saved me out of this, but how do I actually get free, or where, or, or what do I do when I am tempted back? So some of that stuff is is so real, but you don't consider that because the scriptures aren't about Mary Magdalene. Right. So for her to be dealt with and, and looked at a little bit closer, for me to relate to her a little bit closer, that's kind of neat, I think, because that's not something I'm going to do when I go read the scripture. However, I am going to read the Sermon on the Mount or the you know, the prayer Jesus prayed to, to teach his disciples. I'm going to read those passages because those are here for me to read. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think that's what, again, it's, it's about what the author is trying to accomplish in telling the story. And if we take the Ten Commandments, for example, um, from the old you know, story, so many American children grew up thinking that's the story as it's written in the Bible. And that's their entire foundation for it. Well, it's not. There's a lot of Hollywood glamour and glitz that was oh, typical of the age. Oh, you mean our parents that grew up with um, George C. Scott. Is that what you're talking yeah, about? George C. Scott, yeah. yeah. The, the man oh goodness, who, is, yeah. who is Moses. In reality, that's a good point. Because how many of us picture... Um, the Bible does talk about walls of water somewhat, I think, doesn't it, at mm -hmm. one point or another. But we picture that particular whoosh, you know, and in, in our minds it's that Hollywood's version of whatever. Right, well, right. it may not at all have been that way. In fact, it could have been a lot more subtle and practical than we're thinking. Or subtle and practical, been, but sufficient. Or the other way around. It could have been much more dramatic than yeah. obviously we can get on film. You know, I'm just saying it is funny how just like a book to film type thing puts our mind in a certain way now if you go back and try to read the book all you can do is see the film yeah yeah there's nothing <laughs> nothing ruins much... harry potter faster than watching the movies first oh um you know what i'm saying that, well it's any and kind just of to story clear, harry potter is absolutely fiction that's trying to tell a moral story any just kind of story <laughs> it's that not is... based on the bible at all <laughs> just i'm weird i'm sorry go ahead any kind of story that is trying to go from um, painting a mental picture and and helping you see pictures in your mind, going from that to let's try to portray that in a real world setting. That's going to be difficult, and everybody's got their own ideas. So it's right. from one person's perspective, right? So the Bible was meant 
to be alive and um, God's word directly to us. So it's not meant to have the same effect on everyone, the exact same, because it's God's word to each right. one of us individually. It's also at the same time doing an overall picture of exactly who Jesus was. We didn't live at that time. We don't. We didn't walk next to him at that time, so we don't know exactly what that means. So our imaginations are going to play games in some different areas or different pictures or whatever. But it, it's also meant to tell one story of exactly what you know God wanted us to know about it. So I think it is. It's a lot, a lot of different things about that that's going to be uh, tricky. And and maybe and and what's funny when you hear like the Bible Project guys talk about. Uh, the way scripture is written, it's a lot of poet poetry, a lot of artistic um, expression God put directly into the way the scriptures are written. So you know he doesn't mind those artsy kind of angles on it. So I don't feel like he's offended by the chosen, the idea of writing. Just like anyone would read, and there's a lot of novels written. I read a novel about Jeremiah. And it's just trying to put scripture into what Jeremiah would have had to live over here, you know, and, and showing yeah. him a guy that was um, at that time and what he had to go through. So it's it's just putting it into modern English or into an English form of st storytelling that that's different than the book of Jeremiah that I would read here. So I, I don't find that offensive. And a lot of people have done that. But I do notice pushback on some of this that they don't want to hear Jesus say in any other words other than what's in the Bible. Well... But he's God's word to us, so everything he he said would have been. And John, is it John in in First John that says, or Third John, if everything would have been recorded, there wouldn't have been the books couldn't hold it. So obviously he talked a lot more than he talked here or that we have yeah, than we I have. Mean, obviously, yeah. Can, can you imagine what an interesting, weirdly weird world it would be if Jesus only said what was recorded? Yeah, exactly. I do want to. I'm not gonna. I don't want to do the any kind of spoiler either, except for that. Um, kind of a little bit, I guess. But I did enjoy one of the best things I think that they did was to try to show a little bit deeper of the relationship between Jesus and John the Baptist. Because it's confusing how we don't really even have, we have the baptism and we know that they were cousins. We know that they probably lived near each other somewhat, you know, at times. But it was a really good, I felt like they, they did a good job of having a conversation between them that would have helped us understand how John saw his calling toward politics, toward standing up to this kind of the state right. type yeah. of idea versus Jesus, that wasn't his calling. His calling and his timings were perfect, and he had to go along the ways that God had told him to, him to do. So I thought that was a really good, it helped um, to me for you to think about when John was in prison and him sending back to Jesus. So, you know, um, are you the one that's going to do this? Are you the healer? Are you the, you know, the, all the right. questions? I forget exactly what he asked, but he asked John to go back or send his disciples back to him and said, ask him, is he the one that's going to come? Because by that time he's, He's feeling the weight of all of that. And so for him to kind of almost well, sarcastically say, come on, are you going to be with me on some of this yeah, stuff? You know, it's it makes sense. I think it was a good take on that and how they would have had deeper discussions probably about their particular callings and because they were different. They well, were completely different. And that's where I, I, that's what I wanted to, I, thank you. You beat me to the question by telling the, giving the answer. Sorry. What's a good, well, what's a good story that's really given you some context 
to think differently about Jesus and his interactions with the world. So I want to state it again. I think we've well, no, said it's the other it. way around. It's about the disciples. That, I that, think. Yeah, that's what I'm sorry. My yeah. my bad. What I was trying mm-hmm. to say poorly, obviously, was how G- the, the 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 thing to consider when watching something is what is the filmmaker or the writer trying to accomplish. And in this this story, the writer is trying to the, the filmmaker slash writers are trying to accomplish what was it like to be around that person during his walk on planet Earth. And mm-hmm. and one of the things that I have found interesting has been the frustration that they feel of a cut, Jesus won't tell them what he's up to. <laughs> and that is, I don't think, an unreasonable assumption that if Jesus didn't tell the whole story to the crowds, he, there's no reason for him to tongue and he just, it's not, I'm not ready, it's not my time. Or he, he they're saying things that he, he likely, he, that the Bible records that he said, but they're putting it in the context of these guys reacting to it. <laughs> and that's just, you know, with, that's, that's not one episode. That's just the constant. I, there, there's this one scene that happened in this season where they're arguing with each other because they all have a different idea about what Jesus is trying to accomplish and how mm-hmm. it's going to come about. Well, they know he's going to bring the kingdom. That, that's all they've got because that's what mm-hmm. he's talked about. But you've got a zealot's point of view. You've got a fisherman's point of view. You've got a tax collector's point of view. You've got a wine-bibber's kind of point of view. And you've got, <laughs> you've got all of these different types of people in different careers that um, think the world should happen a certain way. All of them are in agreement that Rome stinks. Um, they, the only thing I hate about the show is whoever they've got playing the um, Roman pontiff, the guy that he's just irritating. But I mean, that's what Rome's supposed to be. But still, it's like his laugh is like like grating your hand down a chalkboard for me. But um, but I think I think that that the the writers are doing a good job of giving us a sense of the just like yeah. Oh, why well, like won't I you said, come the humanity, yeah, the things humanity they would have yeah. The things that would have really dealt with, however, maybe more modern reactions, because I know in probably in some conservative Jewish or and I don't know if they were actually. We know that they probably knew some of the scriptures from the Torah that they were taught as young kids or whatever. A lot of them would have had some of that memorized by the time they were whatever ten or twelve or something like that, yeah. right? But probably some of um I just wonder how much of refrain or restrain they would have had versus I think and that's what is interesting about just every portrayal I've ever seen of Jesus and how the different take on who he would have been, how he would have walked on this planet, like you said. And then but but to consider that these were just these were just men. These were normal women, normal men and women who were living lives. They encountered this person that eventually declared himself God and and the one they were looking for. So there definitely would have been reactions that we can't see specifically in Scripture. And we think about how I, I've always been challenged by the fact that it would have been difficult, I would think, to grow up with someone and then all of a sudden think that that one that I'm sitting by and, you know, Bible study or whatever is the Messiah. He's gotten <laughs> yeah, human I can, form. I can see know? how that would be a little bit... Uh... Huh? Yeah. <laughs> so I there. think those are real things that sometimes come to my mind as I'm thinking of the, what the disciples had to deal with and how they had to have reacted to some of the things Jesus said. Like you said, it, you can relate even now to God asks us to wait. One of the hardest things in Scripture and the hardest things that we have in our lives 
is when God just says, I'm doing something, just wait, you know, <laughs> and I've had several of those God's moments. God's version of chill, things, bro, I got this. Yeah, for Noah, it lasted 100 years while he's building the boat. For for us, it's lasted at least 10 years here or there, you know, where I don't know what he's doing, but we're supposed to wait, you know. it's it. Those are real situations. So definitely, even then, Jesus only had three years on this planet. He definitely would have put them in a similar place when they didn't know the full story. They didn't know exactly what was going to go down. Like you're saying, there are definitely times that they think he should have interacted that he didn't, and times that maybe they were confused by his interaction with other ones, you know, and why did you go into this Pharisee's house, or why did you, you know, why are you sitting with the sinners, whatever. All those were things that would have been realistically things that they would have wondered about and, and questioned. So, yeah, I think it's I think it's well done so far, um, in that I, I don't know. I'm probably like others. I'm a little probably more, um, I'm wanting Jesus to talk less and smile more maybe <laughs> just because I don't <laughs> want to think about how he would have, but Comment so far the things that, that this particular actor is really doing a, a good job, I think of just trying to allow God to use his facial expressions and whatever, to be very understanding and empathetic, tired when he needs to be tired um, emotional when there's when it's necessary, but no no overboard either way. I think I think he's doing a pretty good job of. Well, yeah, I, that I think you know, given our Matthew videos experience, he's he's yeah. a good balance of that particular portrayal. I actually think he does a better job than um, the Matthew video. Really? Than Bruce? Well, than Bruce? Nah. Yeah, I couldn't remember his name. You shouldn't say that because well, the we reason met I say that <laughs> is I don't think Bruce Bruce had a couple of moments. I, I, they're they're their own actors and their own yeah, exactly. interpretations and they're but actual I, actors who are, who are paid to act so that that is their they're they're paid to bring out what they feel in the script or whatever yeah right so. right so so my feeling is I think he's I just and it's been a long time since I've seen the Matthew videos but so in this current rendering of Jesus I feel a very a true sense to form of a guy who's confident um, knows what he's doing um, joyful uh, and I just I see a range of emotions much more and but that's again I, I if I went back and watched the other ones I might be you know just as convinced that the other ones there I think better than any Hollywood telling these um, these efforts to tell the story those two particular ones have been very rewarding for me personally well and both of them um, new to any other really portrayals of Jesus were Christians so I heard this man um, I forgot his name. Jonathan something I think um interviewed and it, it's sincerely to the depth of him that he ha carries it heavily just like Bruce did Bruce Marciano was um like he was a brand new Christian I believe when he was given the, that or asked about that role and he worked really hard to memorize the whole book of Matthew before they even started filming it was uh, to the depths of his soul that he allow God to use him, you know, so he talks about in his book, and I don't think you read his book. I, I read his I book. I haven't read his book, no. And about the experiences and how how extreme um, that he sensed God's presence and the ways that he, you know, walked in. So anyway, this man um, seems, from what I understood in the interview I watched, the same, very same weight on it. He he feels it heavily that, that God would be, that he gets on his knees and begs God to be through him, that he would not uh, do anything that would be, you know, against 
God's heart in this. So that, and, and he's doing it through a church ministry or that's uh, who started this was this man that, so I, I feel really confident that it's going to reach some people that some of the other portrayals of the gospel stories wouldn't in, and in some ways maybe really hum, humanize the followers of Jesus so that people can realize there's not the superhero thing you've got to be to be following Jesus. You, you just have to believe who he was and then put yourself into submission of, of him. You know, he does the rest of the work. I think, I think this is a good portrayal of that. And even Jesus trying to teach James and John some lessons and a few of the others um, as they're going. And as he looks with love in his eyes toward um, some of the moments, like with Matthew or with um, whatever, you you sense that, and I believe that's what I pray people are getting from this series, is that love that Jesus has for us that can't be spoken or portrayed in a certain way, but it can be conveyed just because he cared about them, just because he chose them, you know, just because he reached his hand out and said, come and follow me. That's what I guess I pray that people are would sense through that series through this I, I think that's a super super I think that's a good okay. sign we should probably wrap this up Maybe so. Um, so let's just do the old uh, since we did our first movie review which isn't a movie review our TV series review which isn't a TV series review our app based television Christian series review <laughs> um, boy it's gets more and more complicated media people um, I, I, I let's start with a um, do we want to give it a, st- a star rating, like a five-star, four-star, three-star rating? Or do we want to just give it like the review, thumbs-up kind of thing and say thumbs-up, <laughs> thumbs-half? Thumbs. How, how should we rate things? This is the first time we've ever done this. So I don't want to give it a rating of one Holy Spirit, well, in this four one, Holy I was Spirits, say, five Holy Spirits. In this um, one, On a scale of a one to five bit... doves. Doves. We can give it a dove rating. I'm sorry. I'm just I... brainstorming. I'll shut up now. Go ahead. No. I was just going to say, this one's a little different because we would have to rate it kind of biblically versus entertainment versus you know there's a lot of different angles yeah i would say i would say even the first season i would give a five star because i think the first season everyone should watch because i think it was probably just phenomenally nicodemus um, especially yeah there was some really really great i think the second season is a little bit lacking in uh, in the uh intensity that the first season had so i would give it probably a four four and a half but still still worth watching still worth um Trying to find out what they're trying to say yeah. through this, you know. I, I would give, I would, I would agree with you. I think the first season is extremely, but there's, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that with a caveat at the end. It was extremely well done. Also, it was the first time we encountered it, so we were a little enamored in the beginning. But I, especially as I said, enjoyed the unfolding of Nicodemus's struggle, and they took the whole season to do that. And especially John 3. They bring you to the moment of John 3, and they actually do have the conversation there, but it's all with a lot of close-ups on Nicodemus <laughs> and him him wrestling with the messages. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, season two, you're right, is a little slower. They're dragging the pace. It seems like they're dragging their feet a little bit, but they're not also because they're really, I mean, just if it's not a spoiler to say they just get to the fifth chapter of Matthew. They're just mm-hmm. to the Beatitudes, and that's, and that's two well, seasons, and that's, 16, that's 16 episodes. What I'm... What I'm uh, rating also is that I like the I like the first season because Jesus didn't speak quite as much. So in the second season, you're a little bit if you're like me and like I know my girls are, you're a little more on your edge of making sure they don't cross a line there, which is ridiculous in some ways because 
Jesus was, you know, he he's not going to be offended if there's a couple words thrown in there that he might not have said. But it's not, they handle it well, I think. But it's a little, to me, uh, they did, a, took a little bit more license with that. Maybe that's where I'll put it. Whereas the first season, I feel like they stuck a little closer to the stories and didn't let him, uh, you know, say a whole lot more in conversations. Yeah, I agree. But anyway, I, I would stick went. to that. I would, I would say that, that they took a lot more um, creative license yeah, in season two. Yeah, maybe that's two. what I'm trying to say. Uh, I mean, it was all creative license. I really do want to stick to what I said earlier. This is biblical fiction. In other words, it's based upon biblical Cons, yeah. a biblical story but everything around it is an idea of what could happen right. i mean why not right. you know it's yeah. just fiction and so as a result of that i have to rate if, if i tried to rate it as a is it a translation translation or um <laughs> or paraphrase it's none of those it's it's biblical fiction it's yeah. a, it's telling a story that's, about things that are bible pushed out. that's what i want to get at and if you approach it from that point then you can appreciate it for what it is and i want to say this it's not what happened it's what someone thinks could have happened, and the and the thing that's interesting about that and what is is what what based on things that actually the, did happen. Well, <laughs> how, yeah, right. based it's based on actual things that happened, yeah, but how true story. the <laughs> writers interpret um, the way it might um, have been Unfolded for those people. Or, but yeah. and and a good example I just occurred to me out of nowhere is I can give you lyrics to a song, and a country artist is going to write one feel. And a, a, a rock and roller is going to write one feel. A classical musician might write a different chorus, but it may all have the same lyrics. And so there's going to be different approaches based upon where you're coming from the story. All of it's ne not necessarily breaking up the intention of the lyric, but it's telling the story with a different kind of emotion. And they're looking for a way for you to react to it and feel towards it when you're doing there. And on the second, first season, I felt five stars. And on the second season, I'm going to give it... Uh, so I'm going to give it, I'm going to do the dove rating. On the first season, I'm going to give it a mm -hmm. four and a half doves. It was very Jesus-y. Um, um, and then the second season, I'm going to give it, um, I'm going to award it three doves. And um, just based upon the fact that, like you said, there were some things that I found myself going, where are you going with it? And then I wound up going, okay, I see where you're going. So I'll give them five for writing because they got me to do that. And they <laughs> me to do that for writing. But that's because I'm so familiar with the stories when they start tracking off somewhere. I'm like, going, what are you trying to do here? But anyway, so I, I'm going to give it that. I think that it's um, it's a really awesome thing. And, and, uh, and, I, and I would encourage people to watch it. Remember, it's not mm -hmm. what actually happened. It's a story about it. And enjoy it for that. And I think it'll give you some insight when you read the scriptures. Um, mm -hmm. But make sure that when you're reading the scriptures and Peter says something, you don't go, oh, that's right, because Peter did this and this and this before that. No, that's the story. <laughs> and Peter might have done something else, but that's okay if it helps you understand, maybe relate, relate to the scripture a little bit better. At the end of the day, as a pastor, let me just say this to wrap us up. At the end of the day, what I want people to understand is Jesus wants to have a relationship with them. That's and right. that's going to be also how do you, the question remains, just like in this story, how do you react to him? To him. Mm -hmm. And so that's going to look your story. That's going to be your story, your encounter with him. And um, the, these guys are do, doing a good job telling fictional stories about how these guys might have related to them, to Jesus. But you have your own story, and that's the one that matters. So try to understand who Jesus is, because it's super, 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 super important to me to have people understand, and to you, um, to have people understand that Jesus is alive today, and he that's right. wants to have a relationship with all of us. It's, as a pastor, as a parent, as a person, as someone whose life has been 
unutterably transformed because of who Jesus is. Yeah. Um, and I that can't he emphasize is that the enough. only way, the truth, and the life. Yes. And if you want to walk the mm-hmm. aisle and have a conversation with us, you can do that by, I guess, commenting. I don't know how to do that on a YouTube channel um, but any or podcast or whatever. Anyway, um, we'll wrap this up then. Thank you, Tanya, so much for spending us, some time. They can email us at... Um, <laughs> Which one? Greg at Sawyer Clan, I think, is it? Because that's yeah. where they ask why I'm dead. Thing. I guess I just dot need org. to come. Dot org. Sawyer Clan. Greg, I say W-Y-E-R Clan dot org. Um, and, and yeah, we'll be glad to answer any questions that you have. And um, with that being said, it's about time for us to close this up for today. And thank Jesus and you and everyone for being involved <laughs> in the process. Um, geez, uh, we'll do this again next time. And it was our first movie review. I'm pretty proud. We did a pretty good job with our first movie review. I I think, don't you? Yes. Yeah. Yes. We Series did. review. It's yeah. not a movie, but okay. Yeah. I mean, there were times <laughs> when you were looking at me while Tanya was talking, but that's because I'm trying to do more than one thing at a time. So <laughs> forgive me where that got weird anyway. So much for that, guys. Thanks so much for taking time and listening in. We'll see you slash hear you. Wait. You'll see us slash hear us <laughs> next time we do Later. and ask yeah. mom and dad. Bye-bye. I keep on.